1: hey everyone welcome to the show it's me matt slick and you're listening matt slick live today is uh november 9th 2022 for the podcasters and guess what uh we've had this debate set it's going to happen tonight it was set for last night and then it got moved because the opponent uh, had voice problems and so far what i understand it's going to be uh tonight Unless there's another difficulty, which, you know, which happens. I had to postpone it because of uh, conflicts, uh, in schedule uh, conflicting and things like that. And uh, just wife issues, uh, you know, because she has health issues and we have to take care of stuff. And it wiped out a, a few days of my prep time. We moved that back and then uh, moved it back one more day. And so tonight uh, is there. And I thought I did uh, put it on the CARM calendar, which I will do probably during a break. And you can go to the org forward slash uh, calendar And uh, it'll be there a little bit uh, For the link, which will happen in two hours uh, The debate's in two hours So we'll see how that goes I'm arguing against a Muslim And uh, The topic is, is the Trinity Necessary for reality It should be interesting And um, yeah, I like talking stuff like that You know, About the doctrine of the Trinity and how true God is And, and things And uh, we'll see how it goes All right. If you want to give me a call, it's easy. All you have to do is dial 877-207-2276, and we can talk. We can talk about all kinds of stuff, anything you are interested in. Uh, If you want to get into... Oh, there it is. That thing right there. If you want to get into uh, uh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science, Unity, Baha'i, Islam, whatever it is, uh, we can talk about it. That reminds me. I went to vote last night, and... Let's see, edit the event, there we go. Went to vote last night and uh, got in line, and my wife had to stay in the car for a while because, you know, she had trouble standing and stuff like that. And so, uh, here, I'm fixing the, um, the debate stuff. And uh, so I talked to, ended up talking to a Mormon woman uh, for a while, uh, in line, and uh, she had talked about how her husband had just recently passed away, and we talked. And, you know, I, you know me, I want to witness as much as I can without being rude you know we're in a line we're kind of stuck together in line to vote and I shared the edition of the gospel but I did share uh, how Joseph Smith, uh, it is very carefully but it worked, I did, shared how Joseph Smith boasted he did more than even Jesus to keep a church together and and things like that and how our forgiveness of sins is already accomplished. I gave her uh, let's see, uh, Nephi, 2 Nephi 25 23 which says you're saved by grace through faith after all you can do and um and then, uh, let's see, uh, Moroni 10.32, which says uh, that if you deny yourself of all ungodliness, then is God's grace sufficient for you. And then I think it went to Deuteronomy, no, not Deuteronomy, uh, D&C 82.7, I believe it is. Hope I got that right. Where it says if you commit the former sins, all of your, uh, your former sins uh, come back upon you. And so, uh, you know, I was talking about that. I'm trying to, you know, get the idea out that there's no hope of forgiveness of sins. But she did say, well, you can always just forget, you know, repent again. And I said, yeah, that means you're in and out of salvation, in and out of forgiveness constantly. And I said, that's a problem. And then we got talking. But it was very polite, you know, it was very polite. And uh, I didn't want to make it bad or anything. But that, that's how I am. I need... To debate, not debate, I need to teach and uh, talk about Jesus. I was just reading. I just updated the calendar, karma.org forward slash calendar, uh, the trinity necessary to uh, to explain reality, or oh, not ethics to explain, I think it is for reality. But uh, that's okay. There you go. And the link is there. The information is there. And hopefully it'll all work. Hey, quick and slick. All right. How about this? Let's get to Gabriel from Maryland. Gabriel, welcome. You are on the Air. There you go. You're on the air, buddy.
2: Hi, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So my question is about the cyclic model of universe creation mm-hmm. um, and how a lot of atheists are trying to use that to argue for a mm. eternal universe, yeah, a uh, eternal existence of the universe. Um, and I was wondering if the Bible... Are there any verses that specifically uh, indicate that that is not a possible uh, universe model?
1: There's nothing in the Bible that to
2: me like. Okay, go ahead.
1: There's nothing in the Bible that says uh, that the cyclic model is not true, but it does state in Genesis one that God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. The implication is that the beginning is the beginning of all things so we could say that in the beginning negates the idea of any cyclic view all right that's one point all right
2: right however all right. A, a lot of a lot of christians use the big bang to argue that it correlates with the way that the bible describes the initial creation cuz that well, could it also be that that in the cyclic model that the what we perceive to be the big bang is actually just another cycle, and that God chose okay. to start the story at a particular point in the cycle.
1: Okay, now there's a problem here. Well so let's work with logic. Okay, when atheists bring this idea up to me, and I'll say, "Are you affirming then that the the age of the universe is cyclic and it goes on forever in the past?" And they'll say, "Well, yeah." I say, "Okay, then you're a Christian." And they what? So Yeah, you're a Christian. Because, you see, that means then that if there's an infinite number of cycles in the past, then that means a Christian God exists in one of those cycles. Because that's an infinite number of possibilities. And if that's the case, then it means that the infinite uh, possibilities necessitates a Christian God who, by definition, is before all things. So now you got an issue. Because you have a logical contradiction, or we have to assume that the Christian God is is became an actuality who then relates to time differently and became the beginner before any cyclic thing. Furthermore, it would mean that in an infinite number of cycles, in one of the universes, you're a Christian denouncing your atheistic self. So, which is true? You see the problem? Okay.
2: No, run it by me one more time.
1: Okay, just go one at a time so I've had uh for example an atheist uh, atheists have said, well, the universe um is infinitely old. let's say it's infinitely old. If it's infinitely old, then that means an infinite number of occurrences have a- have happened in the past, correct and they'll say yes well then that means then that in one of those infinite possibilities you are a Christian and so you, in your that view if you were a Christian, in that view, you clearly were denouncing any idea of, of you being an atheist as being true. So which one is true now, according to your worldview? Now we have a contradiction, and that's an impossibility for to have truth. So it, it means, then, that the idea of the universe being infinitely old doesn't work, just off that issue. There's other issues, too, entropy and things like that. Uh, other atheists have said, well, there's... Okay. To rephrase
2: to make sure I understand what you're saying: uh, infinite time plus infinite possibilities creates infinite occurrences. Right. And then, if you have any infinite occurrences, any contradiction means that they basically that it can't it can't work because then you have a
1: it uh, means, contradiction. It means that in the infinite possibilities, one of them means that he was actually a Christian earlier. Right. But then, which is true? You're a Christian, because as a Christian, you would clearly denounce your atheism as a possibility. So which is true now? This is a problem right. within their worldview. Another view that is often given is um, the multiverses. And it's the same kind of a mm-hmm. thing. There's an infinite number of multiverses. Then the same problem arises. Oh, then in another universe, you're a Christian denouncing yourself here. So which is true? Mm-hmm. And if there's multiverses or infinite number of possibilities, then the Christian God necess- necessarily has to exist, because that's one of the infinite possibilities, right? If you want to say it's not logically possible for the Christian God to exist, well, then we'll get into metaphysics and various things like that, transcendentals and stuff mm-hmm. like that, Okay, which I you know, I can talk about, and most the average Joe can't. And so if they want to say the universe is cyclic, and it is, goes back infinitely in cyclic stuff, it's the same problem. That means there's an infinite number of possibilities, well, if that's the case. Then that means the Christian God necessarily has to exist in one of those universes, one of those cycles, right? Yes, and the Christian God there exists. So then that means that the Christian God does exist. So therefore, your idea of atheism is all is falsified.
2: Right. Would it be fair okay. to say that even if the universe is cyclic, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's eternal?
1: Then it would we deal with what's called um, uh, necessary and sufficient conditions that cause an event. If the universe is infinitely old, that's, there's logical problems. We haven't even got into other problems. But uh, there's what's called an actual infinite and potential infinite. Actual infinity is the idea that the universe uh, cyclics uh, go back infinitely. There's no beginning. It just always was. That's a problem because it means an infinite amount of time has been traversed to get to now. But you can't traverse an infinite amount of time, so it doesn't work. There's other views called the potential infinite. Potential infinitude, for example, you and I fit in that category. We will continue to exist eternally, but we had a beginning. So an actual infinite is infinite in both directions, past and future. Potential infinite has a beginning and has its potential infinity in a future context. So any time you stop and measure uh, how many seconds or days that you and I have been alive, it's a finite number because we had a beginning. But you can't apply the same principle to uh, what's called an actual infinite. So you're making noise in the background there. And so here's another example of the problem of, of an actual infinite. Let's say you have a line in front of you in space between your fingertips. Well, how many points are on that line? See, a point is one dimension, it has no dimensionality, well, or has zero dimensions actually, it has no dimensionality, it just has location. Then you can have an infinite number of points on a line. If you take half of that line, it also has an infinite number of points. Well, how can half of the infinite be equal to the whole of the infinite? There are just paradoxes like this with the idea of an actual infinite. And then they might say, well, then that means your God can't exist. I said, no, the nature of our God is that he has always existed, and he's the beginner of the universe. Because whatever caused the universe to come into existence has to have the necessary and sufficient conditions. He has to have the ability to and cognition and other things that get into it and that's a whole other argument it was called the Kalam cosmological as I, I use it, 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 this is all yeah, stuff that, about that one. yeah this is stuff that you know I talk about with just a few people when they understand the, these kinds of conversations and I could teach on it in a seminar but I would have to do it with PowerPoint slides and just point by point go through it people get it when I do it slowly and you know with, with slides and stuff like that not a big deal
2: so I have another somewhat related question, um, which is that I'm not totally convinced that um, the eternity that we understand as eternity after life, uh, after death, um, is eternal as an infinite. It is. I kind of suspect that there might be an end to it. Nope. uh, Just because of... uh, the term "alam." So, so if you look at the Hebrew scriptures, um, am I using the right word "alam" for, for until um, the vanishing point? Is that the word that they use?
1: Uh, I'm not familiar. I thought you were talking to a day, but go ahead.
2: Okay, so um, there's a word. I wish I had looked this up before. You know what verse it is? Um, I think it might be in Genesis thirteen fifteen.
1: Let me take a look. We've got a break, so let me take a look. And we'll come back after the break and talk about it, okay? All right, man. Okay. Hey, folks, hold on. We have three open lines. If you want to, give me a call. All you got to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. We'll be right back.
0: Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get on the air here with uh, Gabriel. Are you still there?
2: Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Alright, so I found the verse that you're talking about and um, and so uh, Genesis 13, 15, for all the land which you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants forever. And so that's the word "olam," okay. And so, what you're saying here is, well, the word "forever there" doesn't mean forever, right?
2: Yes, yeah, some idea. Di- some, uh, some translations have have it as vanishing point, okay. and when I looked up um, the concept of infinity, it wasn't really discussed or mathematically discussed until like 300 BC, and I think that. Genesis was written before that um, okay so I'm not entirely certain if the concept of eternity as we understand it existed during that time when that text was written does that make sense
1: yes but you can't say that it's, it is the case you can just say it's a possibility okay, okay. and so uh, and so for example here we have in uh, can we give you a principle all right. Uh, Words mean what they mean in context. The word olam occurs 438 times in the Old Testament. And it's rendered in many different ways. Uh, Forever, never, uh, everlasting, old. Um, Let's see, I'm scanning through. Forever and ever. Uh, Let's see, ancient, everlasting. Uh, It goes on. And so the point, there's several things we'll we'll talk about here and I'll show you something. Hebrew, the one a one word can mean lots of different things in Hebrew. It's just like the word green in English can mean envy, money, sick, naive, new, color. It just it depends. And so I'm not saying that all of it is like that. But uh, the word is used of God, for example, Psalm 90, verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So in the context of God the olam means without end you go to Genesis twenty-one thirty-three, for example and Abraham planted a uh, tamarisk tree at Beersheba and there he called on the name of the Lord the everlasting God so the word means what it means in context so if we see for example that if your descendants forever it's just another use of the word you know my wife and I might be arguing and I might say you never admit blah 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 well Technically, it's not true. But we often use exaggeration to convey a point. And so that's what's going on here for your land forever and ever. So you've got to be careful then when you take the concept and say, well, now that means then that people don't live forever. Because you have to find a way that you can demonstrate that that is the case. And there are problems with that. Okay? So look at this. And this is Revelation 20.10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire. Now that's, the devil's an angel, not a person, not a human being, I mean. Uh, with fire and brimstone Where the beast, and the false prophet are also. The false prophet is an individual, a human being. And they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. And that's, uh, that. There, it's uh, Ionus tone Ionion. In Greek, or Ionas ton aionon, and it means into the age of the ages. So what some people will do, they'll say, well, the phrase Ionios ton ionion is the age of the ages, and an age is limited. So therefore, it's a limited time. And what they're doing is committing an exegetical fallacy. They're saying, well, the phrase is comprised of parts. I'm going to look at the part and represent the part to the whole. That's called the fallacy of composition in logic and exegesis. So the engine is blue, therefore the entire car is blue. Well, that's not true. That's called the fallacy of composition. So here what we're saying is that the age of the age, age means a temporary thing, so age of ages means it's it's not forever. Now we, That's called the fallacy of composition. The phrase ever and ever is used of God. And there again we see it means without end. So you know, I'm just showing you different things. So here it talks about at least one human individual in Revelation 20.10 who will exist eternally uh, forever and ever in torment. Okay? Yeah. All right?
2: Well, isn't that, since it's doubling up on it in both uh, Hebrew and Greek, what well, they want to emphasize something saying that it more so like if it's it's not just a long period of time it's such a long period of time that it is eternal then you would double up on the word Alam Alam or
1: well it's idiomatic ages. it's idiomatic cultures have different idioms and that an idiom is just an expression you know I beat him till he's black and blue you know other cultures don't use that expression and so what is the expression meant in the culture okay Forever and ever, you are are the Lord. Truly, 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 I say to you. We don't say that. We don't talk like that. I don't say to you, truly, 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 I'm telling you this. But they did that in a Jewish context. So this is what's going on. All right? And so, for example, because you went straight to the idea of humans not being living forever. So the phrase, uh, you know, forever and ever, I've done a huge study on it. And I have, if you were to go there, word study on forever and ever as it occurs in the New Testament. I did it in 2018. And I've written over 180 articles dealing with annihilationism, which talks about the people not being eternal. But I show how the phrase forever and ever uh, means that, uh, I mean, well, in the context of God, for example, Revelation 15, 7, uh, uh, they will receive the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever, and Christ will reign forever and ever Re- revelation eleven fifteen and I'm not saying that and yet and then you've got to be careful of this. it's called illegitimate totality transfer. well the word for example, for ever, ever means without end, so therefore it means that everywhere I look, just like the word olam olam, olam means in one place it means uh you know for a limited time. But then we can transfer the meaning to Psalm 90, verse 2, from everlasting and everlasting, you are God, from a limited time to a limited time, you are God. Well, that doesn't work. And vice versa, we can't say from Psalm 90, verse 2, that uh, that it means, because God's forever, that the word forever means without end, when we apply it to, uh, we said, Genesis thirteen, fifteen, 15. It's limited, obviously, to that place and that time. So we got to be careful, and that's called illegitimate totality transfer, because a word has a scope of meaning in different contexts, and it it's called a semantic domain, a range of meanings in a different context. And so uh, you've got to be careful not to transfer the meaning of a word or phrase in one context to another. You just have to be careful. That's all. Okay? Got it. So, Thank you very much. Pre- okay. And look at this and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever Revelation fourteen eleven, they have no rest day and night those who worship the beast those are people mm-hmm. okay whoever receives his mark the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever now some people say well the smoke is what goes up they're not in torment forever and ever it's like yai yai you know so the smoke of their torment, a torment ascends forever but they're not being tormented in fire so how does that happen people get into all kinds of ridiculous things but there's another example okay all right, man?
2: Okay, got it.
1: Okay, buddy. God bless. All right. Hey, there's a uh, there's a break. If you want to give me a call, four open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back.
0: Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's see, four open lines,
1: 877-207-2276. Let's get to Monique from Greensboro. Welcome, you're on the air. Thank you. Uh, I called
3: and mm-hmm. spoke with you a couple of days ago about <clears throat> Excuse me. First Peter 3, verse uh, 6, and mm-hmm. my question was about, yeah, what it, you know, what does mean your daughters as uh, long as you're afraid without or not afraid without any reason, and <laughs> so two things. I, 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 you were talking about a seminar that you'd done, but I, I didn't quite get the summary of what you were thinking. But I wanted to add this part to it because that's kind of where it went. I never got to ask um, in First Kings. I think it's First Kings, uh, first chapter. I think 17 <clears throat> when it talks about. Uh, Queen Vashti, this is what came up in my thoughts, uh, Queen Vashti when the king wanted her to you know, parade herself in front of the, the men, they were having the feast and she refused to do it, and then I think in 17 it talks about if the women hear about this then the men, the husbands will become despised in their sight so I, I bring that out because again, I was wanting to know what your thoughts were, the only thing that I ever thought it might meant I mean, um, just based on what I have read, the scripture is, but you know, you, you, you start to, the woman might worry that, I don't know, for lack of a better term, she's solidifying her position as not as good, or or unimportant, or not valuable. Well, and so, go ahead.
1: L- let's take a look at that, because it's not in Kings; it's in Esther, okay? King Vas- I mean, not Vas- Esther, was-
3: King. Not, not, yeah, I don't know what, King. I that's all right. what King is where is.
1: Yeah, no big deal. And so you got here's the context though. It's the king, not just a hubby. The king, the king was different. The king had rights. The king had power. When, in the culture of the time of that king, you he was summoned. It it happened, and because he he was the seat of authority and power. And right. so there would be a court around him, uh, enforcers of the law around him, guards around him. So it's a different setting than a woman sitting with her husband at a dinner table. And so when she disobeyed him, it was a direct insult to him and his position as king in that nation. And that's why she got in trouble. And according to veggie Tales, I learned this from veggie Tales that uh, she wouldn't make him a sandwich. And so she got kicked out.
3: Well,
1: okay, and, and I can appreciate that. But what I'm referring to. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, I, I lost you.
3: I, I lost you. I'm not hearing yeah, yeah, you. Okay. Yeah. 117. So, for this deed, and forgive me if you're talking about. 117. For this deed of
1: the queen. So, come on. Okay, you're still hard. Wait, wait, wait. I can't understand you. I can't understand you. Something happened. And I can't understand anything you're saying now. Okay.
3: Okay. I'm go. reading. Okay. I'm reading. First, uh, Esther chapter 1. Genesis Verse 17. 17. And the, this is what I was just referring to. He says, For this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes when it shall be reported. So, you see, so, the, so my point to that is the whole what does it mean with any amazement? When, when I called before, we went through um, some different translations. I always read out of King James. And my my question, you, you, you were talking, start talking to something else, but my question was, um, mm-hmm. did did that, again, mean afraid with any amazement, that, that you would lose position, even more position, I guess, considering the culture in that time, or more, um, you would be even less Regarded or more lowly regarded, as far as I'm
1: not the sure. I'm, I don't know what you're asking. I'm not sure because oh you, you were okay. in. A, what would you just say? Did you use Lord's name in vain? Not
3: in vain. I'm asking really for help. No,
1: no, 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 no. But hold I'm on a second. I always I call, call Christians on. Hold on. Call hold, on. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to put you on mute. I always ca- call Christians out on the carpet on this. If you say, "Oh my," just like the unbelievers do. And you use his name that's not in a reverential form, that is taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. And I always stop Christians and say, You can't do that. Don't do that. I don't want that promulgated over my show, over the airwaves, where the secularist idea of using God's name in vain is just propagated even by a Christian. So I, I stop that quickly. So, Monique, um, that's important to me, okay? I'm just telling you, okay?
3: Okay, so let me. Right. I, Because this is what happened before. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you-
1: Okay, I'm gonna look I gotta get control of this. It's important to me. Don't just dismiss it and keep going. I don't want anybody to misuse the Lord's name in vain on my show. Okay? And you need to repent of that. But that's another topic. You can deal with that with the Lord later. Now about Esther one seventeen. Okay, this is there about the context. How are you tying it in with first Peter three six? Okay. No. Oops. Oh, I I didn't put her on air again. What? My bad. I sorry about that. Okay. Well, how does it relate to? Uh, how does Esther one seventeen relate to First Peter three six? Go ahead.
3: First off, I am asking for help. Good. Because I don't know what I'm saying that is not clear. The the first time we spoke, you emphasized the word allow when I said allow, as though I was talking about giving permission that which confused me because my position was your position so it was very strange that no wait let me stop you there this is what you did this is what, what's happening now which is why i'm asking for help because i don't understand why this is happening but you oh, allow like he's going to get permission my what I was saying is allow and I use the example as though you're standing in the ring you're allowing it to rain on your
1: head obviously get oh, oh you meant you, i didn't you're referring to you meant you know when a woman says when you were saying or somebody says you allow your husband to lead that you mean that right. context of allow okay and, yeah and, that's something and, that and, to be careful about and
3: and and and, and, and you stopped and, and, and started talking about permission and the thing that threw me is because i was i, I was not of an approach I was not, and and, and so it got confusing. So you ask me now, like I said, let me answer what I'm what I'm saying. What you're asking, you're asking me the context about and uh this First Peter yeah. three six. Mm-hmm. My my question and thought, because the whole conversation just went into a seminar. And I, I never got your answer as far as what you thought it meant. Actually, um, was is it? You know, it, could it be? I guess if you're not sure, you're not sure. But could it be? that the woman not afraid with any amazement would mean you're kind of, uh, even though the culture back then, like you said, it wasn't the women weren't valued, but it was different. Would uh, that refer to the woman if they were afraid they'd get an even lower regard, for lack of a better term, or or even that they were agreeing themselves with that they shouldn't be valued or something like that? I've just never understood exactly. Uh, what it meant to say as long as you are not afraid with any
1: amazement. It doesn't tell us. That's all. It doesn't tell us what that that means. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is offer possibilities without being afraid. Afraid of what? Of their husbands? Of the culture? Of new rights? Of uh, becoming uh, fearful because they have new responsibilities? Uh, Because... Is it in reference to uh, recognizing the lordship over them in their husband? And they're afraid of that? I don't know. So we can just talk mm-hmm. possibilities. Right.
3: Okay. That's, that's a, but, and with all due respect, and I'll leave at this, because this is very important to me, because I, I saw what God was on my heart. That wasn't like a, ugh. That literally, you didn't hear the part where I said, God, help me, help me, help me. Because this it the response stops me and because I don't understand. I'm agreeing with you, and I don't, understand. Like, I don't know if you're just so used to people having, women particularly, having a, uh, an angry position about it or an offended no. position about it, but it was no. very odd to me, because I, not one thing was in disagreement, and then you jumped on the allow, and then you started, oh, I get Christians when they use it. No, sir. I, I have to say, no, sir, I do not use the Lord's name in vain, and I did not just then again,
2: I, yeah,
0: for you whatever did.
3: reason, you're, you're, no, I'm telling you, you didn't hear me say, help. I said, God, God help me. I meant that. because You said, oh my,
1: stress. and then, you know, you said, oh I'm my, you oh that. my God, help me, sir.
3: I'm not flying on the air. Oh my God, help me. This is very important because, well, if, because if, if you added, travel,
1: if said, you add, hold on, if you added those last two words and I didn't hear it, then my apologies, okay?
3: You didn't. That's my point. Okay. That's all, all I have right. to say. Okay. That, you know, that's I don't fair enough. That lightly, that's wrong. So okay, good. Good you don't for you. No, know, it you. doesn't say, and it is very good for me. Um, thank you very much. I learned a lot tonight.
1: <laughs> well, good. Now I want you to keep calling because because you say stuff and you you're in it and you, and you study and I like that. So anyway, I hope she does continue to call because uh, it's good. And if I did, I don't know, maybe people in the chat, you can tell, did you hear her say that? Because I just got in there. So maybe I did it too fast, and that's certainly a possibility. Hey, folks, look, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back after these messages, and there you go, on break.
0: Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hey,
1: just want to remind you that we stay on the air by your support. If you would be so kind as to consider supporting us, all you'd have to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate, and uh, we ask for one, uh, well, $5 $5 a month, that's what we asked for. If you could be, uh, you know, consider that and pray and just see, you know, $5 a month is not very much, it's very helpful, and I would just greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get a 1,000 people to do that, and that would uh, cover our bills. We've lost uh, supporters because of the economy, and that's that's normal, but we're just letting people know. If you want to keep me on the air and other stuff. All you got to do is uh, help us out. $5 a month, not too much. C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate and you can uh, do that. Let's get on the air with somebody anonymous from somewhere. Don't oh, know
3: where. Anonymous.
1: You're on the air. Okay. <laughs>
3: all right, good evening. I'm, I'm not trying to give it way a hard time because it's obvious she didn't She's not having a good night, but I definitely heard what you heard. And it's like, it like, oh, it hit me the same way. I'm like, okay. Think, yeah, that's all I would like you know that. that um, thank you for you know for, for your show, and we we enjoy listening to you every every single night. So
1: who's um, the we? All, all the best. <laughs> huh? yeah, I oh. appreciate that. We who's the we? Through. Your family. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> you, if your family's listening, I like to say hi to their name, you know, give their names or first names. Hey, I'll wave it to you, and stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of fun. Well, no, it's anonymous. It's
3: instead of John Boy, is anonymous boy, anonymous girl, and, oh, um, like, walton
1: Okay, okay that's fine. No, that's good
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was like, come on. But she, was, was, she, found she was having a, a tough time anyway, and. You know, so nothing, nothing bad towards her. Just like, just like, ooh, I do not like his name
1: mm-hmm. taken like that. No, I don't. No. I, 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 yeah, I stand against mm. that a, a lot. But I do okay. enjoy, you know, on the internet, I enjoy. I actually liked that she called, and I like that she had an opinion, and she was going for. It. I like that because it's just yeah, good, yeah. and and I enjoy that kind of thing. I learn out of it as well, usually. Okay,
3: yeah. so we're all the yeah. best to you. God
1: bless you much, and thank you. You too. God bless. Thanks. Right, right. Good night. All right. Good night. Okay. Hey, uh, just to let you know, um, let's see, I'll be on a debate in an hour, hour and ten minutes, and if you want to watch it tonight, uh, you can go to org forward slash calendar, and it'll be the Trinity debate, is the Trinity necessary for realities, what the title is, it says to explain realities, that's, that's the incorrect, I'll correct that. And so you can watch that tonight it should be I think it'll be interesting I'm hoping and let's see what else I was gonna say so oh yeah wait no that wasn't it Um, we do stay on the air by your support please consider supporting us that's uh, standard because I need to start saying that more often and that's karm.org forward slash donate but this thing about the Lord's name in vain a lot of people do it and I remember when I worked at a large corporation and as a tech, as tech support, worked at Hewlett-Packard. And uh, we would ha- we had a room where only the techs could go into, 40, 50 of us. And it was thousands of people who were supporting, it, you know, on their computers. And once in that room, because it was secured, locked, we had a pass key to get in. Once we got in there, the, the guys I worked with would constantly cuss and use the Lord's name in vain. And so they're unbelievers. And so what i did was I, I didn't say anything and i didn't participate in their bad jokes and i wouldn't cuss i didn't i didn't uh preach at them i just wanted to be an example and just you know when they do a bad joke i would just politely leave when they would uh, say things that were just ungodly i would just politely leave in their groups and after a while they started noticing and they said what's up with you and i started telling them i said look i'm a christian and been a pastor and uh, I don't affirm uh, you know certain things and stuff like that and that opened the door for conversations over the next few months they would say they like well you know they, they do something and say something They say, oh excuse me man you know, you're here so and they they understood my politeness to them without imposing anything on them and yet they started beha- changing their behavior which was good and I told them at one point I said the only thing that really bothers me is when you guys use the Lord's name in vain. This is, and I explained who he was. He's a Trinitarian God who is the necessary condition for all of the existence, who died on the cross for our sins, etc. And then you use his li- name like it's a swear word. And I said, and that's offensive to me. But you, but I say, you guys have never heard me get on you about it. But I'm just telling you that that's what happens in my own heart. And they appreciated that, and they actually started changing their conversation around me. Now that's in the secular realm. I used to do um, pulpit supply in Southern California. Pulpit supply means that I'm a guest preacher, and Southern California is 22 million people at the time, and freeway uh, situation, so I could, you know, be traveling one hour one direction, another hour in another direction. And what happened was people started asking me to come preach and fill in uh, different places, uh, different churches. Like one day, one Sunday, I preached in three different churches. And so, you know, that, that'll that happen, uh, would not like that all the time. But I was, I'd go to these churches, and I'd come back once a month, once every uh, every six months. Just depends on what their needs were at the time. You know, the pastor's out, the pastor's sick, they're in between pastors, and I'd come in. And Word got around, and so I was pretty busy. I often didn't even show up at my own church for, uh, for weeks at a time. I, I enjoyed preaching. Okay, well, anyway, this one church I went to, I started noticing in casual conversations before and after church, this one church, that they were many people were using the Lord's name in vain and I started noticing that and what that this is in a church context and so that is adopting sin and it's adopting the ways of the world so I decided that uh, they'd asked me to preach again I decided to speak on that topic on using the Lord's name in vain and we went to Exodus 20 the Ten Commandments you know you should not take the the name of your Lord your God in vain and I still remember this. So the singing would occurred and they were it was great. The music's great. The people were great. Uh, they loved me, you know. I, I loved them. Uh, you know, I've been preaching there for a couple of years, off and on. You know, maybe you'd preach them, I don't know ten times total in in two years. And so the the worship was over, and it was my turn to my time to get up and do a sermon. And so you know they would usually stand for the for the uh, worship and then they would sit there'd be an announcement and then would say okay and I'd go up and so I went up and I said okay uh, if you would please open your Bibles to Exodus 20 and they, they just said okay, you all got it okay good and I said um, I'm going to pray and I pray I always pray before a sermon uh, I always do when I get up there and then I said now what I'd like you all to do is stand up I want all of you to stand up And they all did. And I said, now what I want you to do is look around at the exits. He says, look where the exits are. And they did. He says, you got got them mapped out. I mean, you're here, and you've been here so many times, you you automatically know where they are. But I want you to notice them. Because the reason I'm saying this is because, and you you can sit down now. Thank you. And they would sit down. I said, the reason I'm saying this is because during this sermon, feel free to leave if you don't like what I'm saying. I won't be offended. And I said, I need to address you about sin and how you, and some of you, I'm not going to name names, have used the Lord's name in vain regularly. And it's not just one or two. I've noticed it here. And I need to address this. Now look at this verse. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And I said, what does it mean? And I explained who God was first and His majesty in his purity, in the Trinitarian concept, in the necessity of his existence for anything else to exist, in the person of Christ who became one of us and died for our sins. And I talked about his holiness. I talked about his greatness, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his great sacrifice, and how his name represents him. He says when Moses said to, to, uh, to God in the burning bush of Exodus 3, he says, well, what's your name? He says, I am that I am. And he says, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And I said, this is his name, the I am, the being one. He is the being one. I said, so this is what Yahweh, Yahweh means. And so to say his name means the titles of God, Lord, um, Yahweh, king, even, if you're using it in reference to God, must always be in all terms, must be used in a reverential, respectful manner. Because if you don't do that, then you are insulting the character of God by adopting the ways of the unbelievers who don't respect or fear God. They don't love Him, they don't know Him, and are not known by Him. And they take His name, the word God is included in the concept of his name. And they will say, oh my, and they will say this. Or they'll use uh, Jesus as a swear word. And I say, this is the way of evil. This is the way of disrespect of God. And it's the way that the devil has worked in our society to get more and more people disrespect and dishonor God. And I said, and you have no business participating in the deeds of evil. I said, let's look at this verse again. And let's look at this verse over here and this verse over there. You know, in 1 Peter 1.16, you know, be holy for I am holy. And Psalm 90, verse 2, from everlasting to everlasting he is God. Talking about his majesty, he went through. I said, we need to revisit this and you need to stop. You need to repent of these things. He says, you know who you are who do this. I said, but you've got to understand, it doesn't mean I, I'm judging you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care for you. It does mean, though, that some have slipped and have participated in the secular way of disrespect and dishonor to God that has no place in the Christian heart. And so you must and you ought to go to God and repent and to say, Lord, thank you for exposing my sin and I confess it and I will seek to use your name in respect and honor before unbelievers and in my own heart in the context of my fellow believers. And I said, and you can do this because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he died for our sins and he has bought you the price, Acts 20, 28, with his own blood. And I said, and you can then go to him, the one who is merciful, the one who is kind, and receive that forgiveness. And of course, you'll be forgiven. And you are forgiven. So trust in him. And this is how I preached to them. And afterwards, Many of them came up to me and said, thank you very much for that sermon. No one left during that sermon. But I wanted to emphasize the severity and necessity of using God's name properly. And if this speaks to you as a Christian, well, I hope it does. Then praise God. And just commit to using the name of God, Lord God, Jesus, everything, always in a reverential way, never an exclamation and if you have been, just confess it before God as sin, and just ask God to strengthen your heart to speak of Him in reverential manners, and then commit to move forward that way. And that's all you got to do. See, simple. And that needs to be something that we all focus on sometime. And I just want to say that. Hey, there you go. We're about out of time. May the Lord bless you, and by His grace, we'll be back on the air tomorrow. And don't forget, I've got a debate tonight. If you're interested in watching it, uh, you can go to karm.org forward slash calendar, and the information uh, to watch it will be there if you want. Hey, may the Lord bless you. Oh, we'll do an after show tonight, too, as well, for anybody who wants to come in after. May the Lord bless you, by His grace. We'll be back on there tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. See you. God bless. Bye.